Cousin Harold the Webcomic. Follow the adventures of Harold the Greatest Rat Detective as he stops crime and eats some cheese, solves mysteries and eats some cheese, finds... Oh, he just eats a lot of cheese. The Cousin Harold webcomic is updated five days a week for your enjoyment at www.cousinherald.com. You're listening to Ink Studs, and this is our second road trip interview uh, with uh, Junko uh, Mizuno. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I hope I got it right. And we're actually sitting in the home of Ryan Sands. Ryan, thank you for playing host to us. Sure, no problem. Um, in San Francisco. Now, uh, Junko's book, um, you'll probably be most familiar, uh, Pure Trance and uh, Pilu. Uh, but yes, there's two books out now. Can't find book one in Canada. Oh, really? Because of uh, the. Uh, or book two in Canada. Oh. Because the okay. uh, comics distributor, it's too. Um, too risque. Too filthy. You mean, you mean the book is too filthy? Yeah. Really? They're very weird in Canada. Actually, I read a list at one point of books that weren't allowed, and then I went to my bookshelf and realized I had at least half of them. Very normal books, like, you know, just like children's comics sometimes. But the Pure Trans was okay. Yeah. Really? What's yeah. The, what's the difference? I have no idea. <laughs> it's, I think they solved one of them, you know? Yeah. It's very strange. There's an issue of X-Men that actually didn't go through the border once because of the title. Mm. X-Men. Yeah. I'm not joking. How many X's were on that X? And other books include uh, Cinderella, Hansel and Gretel, and Princess Mermaid. Um, Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Now, Brandon, before we jump, before we started, tried to jump the ball on you. So you had a question right off the bat. Oh, I was just, I was, I was thinking. I was reading an an interview with you earlier today, and it it talked about you starting working at Ribbon Magazine, which I was interested in. What, What magazine? Ribbon. Ribbon? The, uh... Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't work with them. Okay. I mean, it was when I was nine or ten, I sent my, my comics to the, the publisher. The, was it a contest? Yeah, they, I don't know what it's like now, but when I was a kid, there were a lot of comic girls, comic magazines. Mm-hmm. And most of it have a contest page every month. Like it's like a like a manga school. Right. So you can keep sending your original comics and if you are good you can become a professional artist. So I already wanted to become a professional when I was very little. Nice. And I hated school, so I thought if I become um, a professional comic artist very early I thought I wouldn't you could avoid school yeah I thought I would I thought I didn't have to mm-hmm. go to you know high school how, how did that work out <laughs> no you know I was just 10 and everyone could have a reply from the the, the editors mm-hmm. like some advice and they just told me just to keep doing what you were doing. So it was a positive experience for you? Uh, yeah, looking back, it was, they were, they were nice to me, mm-hmm. and it was natural, you know, I couldn't start working as a professional, but I got so pissed. Like, I did it twice, and I got so pissed, and I decided I didn't have, no, I didn't have any talent of 
with making stories. Because you couldn't compete with adults at 10. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to, to quit doing comics and mm. just do illustrations. Yeah. So after that, I started making stories again when I was 20 or so. So it was, I was wondering if it was like just the act of drawing itself that you really wanted to do or were there like particular um, artists that like got you excited to want to draw? Uh, you mean, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, like, like what comics did you, did you like as a kid? Well, I, I liked girls comics and also like Tezuka, Leiji yeah. Matsumoto, mm -hmm. Kazuo Umezu. All the nice. you know, mainstream artists and for girls comic, I was more into like I was not into cheesy love stories at all. I was more into like horror or action sci-fi kind of stories. The yeah. illustration stuff you were doing uh, before you went back into comics was that kind of horror. No, I yeah. The good thing was. Um, after I decided not to do comics, I started um, getting more interested in other forms of art. So I, before that, I was only into comics, but after that, I started exploring different kinds of art. So yeah, it was not like Japanese comic. I was. So much influenced by Aubrey Beardsley, I got so much into so much into his stuff when I was twelve or thirteen, and I was copying his work. I still have oh, nice. the drawings from them. I'm thinking about I'm renewing my website now, and I and I probably put some of the was, works. Was his work easy to find then, or was it something that? No, I. You know, there was no internet. I'm 40 now. <laughs> there was no internet at that time. So I always went to a big bookstores and art book sections. I found his work. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't afford it at first. I had to save money for a couple of months. So, I, so before I could afford it, I have to... <laughs> go back to the bookstore over and over, <laughs> look, looked at the book and you know memorized it and went back and drew and went back yeah. to the bookstore. I, I know that feeling I used to do that when I would I would go into bookstores and look through a bunch of really exciting books and then run outside and quickly try to draw. Yeah, yeah, or or I ran to the bathroom. <laughs> it's neat how um because pre-internet um like influence like finding interesting things was so rare in a way like yeah. it's not like now where it's like you press search and you get all this amazing mm -hmm. stuff just how important that one little piece can be and kind of shaping so much around that yeah but i i really appreciate internet now <laughs> because you know it's really uh yeah it helps me a lot especially when I'm doing comics, you know, before internet, I had, I had to, I had to run, I had to run to the bookstore for really tiny stuff, like, mm -hmm. I want to, to draw a syringe, but I 
can't remember <laughs> what it looked like. Right. <laughs> you have to go to the library just for mm-hmm. one syringe. So I don't have to do that anymore. So, and it's amazing because you start looking for some, something specific and you can also find some other stuff and, you know, like for example, if you want to draw a For example, if you want to draw a turntable and look for the images, and you see a lot of different shapes and mm-hmm. you know different kinds of turntables from different times. Do you tend to so stick pretty close to the reference you look at, or do you change? Mm-hmm. It? Excuse me. Do you yeah, change it? No, I I always I always try to change something. Yeah. Do you go through like stage like draw it, redraw it, and redraw it, or? kind of take the essence it, it depends yeah yeah you work so stylized i would imagine that you try to copy anything very directly <laughs> yeah it's it's the the fun part is creating my own you know stuff i'm not very excited about you know drawing something precisely so what was it that brought you back into wanting to do comics? It was socially Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any shame here. Don't worry. No, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. But I was working at a movie theater at the time, and Sailor Moon movie came to the theater, and that re- reminded me, you know, you know, how fun it is to create the characters and stories, not only illustrations. And I was, and it had already been 10 years since, you know, I last did comics. So I thought maybe I can do it now. And you're already doing illustration at that time? Yeah. Yeah. So I started making zins. It's not, it didn't look as good as this one. (laughs) It was more like photocopied with with staples. Mm-hmm. <coughs> nice. Were the, so were they Sailor Moon zines? Uh no no I I did make a Sailor Moon comic book for a Sailor Moon themed convention, but nice. but it didn't sell at all. <laughs> Only two people. Was I, it drawn in your in your current style? Yeah, I think it was pretty similar, and there was one girl who liked it, and there was this other guy who liked it. But the other guys were like, like, I don't know if you can tell, but my style is very different from other right. Japanese comics. Mm-hmm. And they usually want something sexual. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sailor Moon yeah. having sex or something. Right, just like the creators intended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a favorite Sailor Moon character? I liked Sailor Mars. Mm. And Sorry. also the, the Jupiter. Uh, no, no. Uh, Mercury and no 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 not Mercury. Who was the Jupiter's character? Jupiter's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's good too. Yeah, Jupiter and Mars was my favorite, but I also liked the the two characters who came out later. Hmm. I should know this. What are your feelings? They were you? they were like older. Oh, I I can't. Were they sailor scouts as well? Hmm? Were they sailor? Uh, were they were they part of the same? group not one of 
the five girls. Okay. Yeah, in the later series, there were three older girls. Mm. There oh man, I'm about to date on Sailor Moon. Yeah. This is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was, was pure trance kind of, that came out of, was it a record or a music magazine? Uh, no, that was for a, a techno compilation okay. CD series, and the the record company first offered me to do a, a cover art for the series, and they were releasing it once, oh no, every other month, and it was a compilation of techno music from different countries. And so we started it, and the guy who was making the series was into comics, and he asked me to do some kind of like a comic series <laughs> in the booklet of yeah. <laughs> the, the, the <coughs> CD, so it's, it's very unusual. <laughs> was it a type of music you, you like? I, li I like any kind of music. I like different kinds of music, so... Yeah, I enjoyed that, and I had a lot of <laughs> free CDs from them, <laughs> and I could get in. And were you able to do whatever you wanted with that yeah, story? Yeah, the guy gave me a theme. He wanted he wanted it to look like. Uh, uh, Kind of like Blade Runner ish, but with some very uh, uh, primitive theme because you know techno dance music was kind of like very futuristic, but also it's a you know um, it's like a, it's, it's kind of like very primitive yeah. dance music. So he wanted me to mix the two elements. What year was that? Do you remember when the when you were work what year that was that you were working on or what years? Oh I think I was twenty three or four at that time. So it's ninety six. Yeah. Nineteen ninety five. Right, the height of rave culture. Yeah, yeah when it hit its, its peak. It was not a peak, it was like the beginning of the culture. Yeah, I was lucky because I could get into some shows for free because <laughs> of like, I, That's a famous like artist trick, right? Like, I drew the poster. Yeah. Like, I drew the flyer. <laughs> You've done that, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult for me because then you start to only go to places that you get in for free, and then you start then it's weird when you have to go to a place that you pay for. <laughs> you get self important. Were you doing flyers then too? Because I mean, you do posters now. Are you doing yeah. posters? No, I don't think so. I think I did some like really cheap flyers, like photocopied ones for my friends' stores or friends' events or something, but. Not the posters I'm doing. Right no. Now. 
Now, did you go to art school at all, or no. all just self? No, I hate school. <laughs> I really hate school. That's why I wanted to become a, a comic artist. Did you end up finishing high school then? Yeah, I <laughs> didn't go to school very much, but I don't know. I, I don't know why I could. I managed to to graduate. I think they just wanted to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, around the 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 last um sorry, around the end of my high school days, I think I was going to a school once in three days or something. Oh, that's good. I like your I like your disdain for school. So, was there was there any older artists in your life that that you looked at as teaching you, or was it mostly just you alone? No, I. I was I was very shy and nervous person, mm -hmm. so I yeah I didn't even want to show my art to too many people. Mm -hmm. I showed them to my friends, close friends, but I didn't want to. So I I couldn't do it in person. So I made some scenes or flyers nice. and asked my friends to put it at at my store. Uh, so my impression that. of your work is almost that it you see, it seems influenced by a lot of older manga and yeah yeah and so it's almost like that you yeah I grew up in the seventies so I still like seventies designs and also seventies Sanrio stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and seventies comics so I try to be open to you know different kinds of art but it's always. I always have the influence from the 70s, I think. Right, it's hard to beat the, the stuff that first excited you. Hmm? The, the work that first excited you when you were young. The first one? Yeah, the early stuff. Mm -hmm. Not that you have to remember the first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I was like very typical Japanese girls who grew up in the 70s. I enjoyed um, you know, Sanrio, like Hello Kitty or Little Twin Stars, that kind of characters. And I also liked some toys. I was not into fashion dolls. I was more into tiny plastic dolls with like tree-shaped house. Oh, that I know that kind stuff. Of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still like them. Yeah, those are good. Because that has the same kind of Sanrio feel to the design. Yeah. So. Now, um, when did the fairy tale work come in comparisons with Pure Trance? I think Pure Trance was first, and then, yeah, oh no, it's not I think it, it, I don't remember exactly, but I, I think I was 25 or 6 when, when Cinderella came out. Was that the first one, or was the... Hansel and Gretel. This one is the first one. Oh, okay. This one is second. This is third. Um, what was the choices to do, um, or to take from European fairy tales? Because it was the the editor's choice. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, it, the team, the editor team I worked with for the the fairy tale 
series was kind of horrible. <laughs> I hated them, but I didn't, you know, I couldn't choose my jobs at the time because I was still young and, and yeah, they, they liked my art, but they thought they assumed I couldn't make stories. They thought Gertrand's was very, um, not very professional. Like it's totally different from, from mm -hmm. mainstream comics. So they wanted to make a comic with me, but they didn't want me to make original stories. Right. And sounds really frustrating. Yeah, I. Yeah, they were clearly looking down on me, <laughs> and they didn't have any respect. So, yeah, I was frustrated, but they told me to do something based on existing fairy tales. They didn't say European, but these, you know, Cinderella and Slim Grill, they're all very famous in Japan, too. And there were some books at that time that were selling very well about uh, original fairy tales like you know the original Cinderella mm -hmm. original the Grimm's yeah they were like they were kind of creepy yeah more violent yeah scarier yeah and that kind of books were selling very well so the editors came up with the idea of fairy tales I was very reluctant at first one of the things I appreciate about the books is just how much you tried to shed it seems like like tell your own story well like you, you're telling the fairy tale but you're the story veers a lot yeah yeah because I because I, I wanted to make an original story so yeah it was a good experience though but it was not my choice to do fairy tale right. did they was the editorial harsh when you turned in the work did you have to change anything like in the like, did you draw anything that wasn't used in it? Or, uh, or, or did you just draw the stories and then turn it in and they, and they published it without? Um, you mean, did they change something? Mm -hmm. that it, yeah, they did. <laughs> I was really frustrated, too. Like, for Cinderella, have you seen the Japanese version? The cover and coloring were totally different because I didn't have a computer at that time. So the designer... Designer was one of the people in the team, and he said he could color the pages for me, and he said I could be, like, you know, I can't tell him, mm -hmm. you know, how to color it, but I don't know why he got frustrated and started <laughs> doing it by himself. And he also started changing the, the texts and lines. Oh man! And I asked him why, and he said, "Cause it's too weird." <laughs> <laughs> so the designer starts becoming the writer and the colorist and the yeah, and he was much. They were all much older than me, so he, I think he they were not happy about me saying something off to them. Mm -hmm. You know, Japanese guys hate mm -hmm. hate it basically. <laughs> So I was really frustrated, but oh, but I also wanted to to release the book, so I 
tried to be patient and、mm-hmm. when I wanted to say something to them, I had to be like, you know, have to sound really soft and feminine. Right. So <laughs> just wanted to yell、yeah. at them. <laughs> yeah, but it was really frustrating. So we made three books, but in the team there were first, there were five guys, but They also started hating each other. <laughs> so they were、horrible. such bad people. That、yeah. <laughs> so, at the end of the series, there was only one guy and one girl. <laughs> and they hated themselves. Yeah.、Oh, wow. And after all, the the original publisher, the the president of the original publisher, got arrested because of of using drugs.、Mm. <laughs> wow. It was really frustrating because I had to go there and you know get back the, the,、right. all the contracts and things like that through the police tape. Yeah. So now I have all the copyrights. Oh, that's and good. And I made you know I, so I, you know I did all the colors for the English edition. Okay. Yeah, because the colors always look nice. Yeah, and I changed the. I didn't like the the cover design at all, so I changed it. And it's so funny because the designer guy used to tell me how hard it is to color the the comics and computer, but it's so easy. Yeah, I think he was lying to me, but he he was coloring it with Photoshop, and I was talking with him and told him I wanted to learn Photoshop too, and he said. It's gonna take you ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Easily, I think he wanted to keep his job, so、yeah. he lied to me. So stupid. <laughs> Most folks I know, like cartoonists, they've all learned their coloring from like someone who showed them in like half an hour. Like yeah, you I from Photoshop on a lunch break from Arnuka. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is bizarre. But there's also sometimes you meet people that are so. Weird about things that it's something that's very simple to do on a computer. They'll find a way to take ten days to do it. <laughs> so maybe he was just stuck. So after you left that company, was your next experience better? Your next comic? Yeah, I. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's been, you know, it's been a long time. Because I imagine you'd go to the next place and just be like worried that the editors were all going to be horrible again. No, I. I think I learned, like, you know, I learned to.、Uh, how do you say? To trust my instincts.、Mm-hmm. Like, if I hate someone, I shouldn't work with them. <laughs> can um, so if that was the mid, if that was the late nineties, can do you remember when you realized that you were getting popular outside of Japan? Cause I remember first seeing your work in the late nineties. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, the first people who gave me jobs from U.S.、Mm-hmm. was this T-shirt company in L.A.、Oh. And I worked with them for a while, but I couldn't speak English at that time, so my friends were helping me. But after that. I don't remember what year, but you know the magazine Pulp. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have every issue over my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, I have every issue. Please put them over him. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, I've talked about it before, but it was a very important magazine, I think, for a lot of people my age. Mm-hmm. Just like our first exposure to indie independent manga. Yes, yeah, many people say that. Yeah. And like, I'm still friends with the, the people who are making it. Oh, yeah. And they always tell me, like, people say good things about pulp magazine but why did it why it didn't sell that much <laughs> just the cool people no. <laughs> yeah that was where I, I first saw your work I was living in Michigan but I remember um, I had a subscription yeah so one of the the staff of pulp magazine was half Japanese mm-hmm. and she she grew up in Japan so she contacted me and I started working for the magazine. I first did a, 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 did some illustration for some texts, and then they started uh, doing Cinderella in the magazine. And they also invited me to Comic Con for signing, and I was really surprised that people, you know, knew my work and liked my work, and they say really good things to me. I was so I got sick when I when I arrived in in LA. I first went to LA for a signing, and I got a cold on the first day, so I was really sick. But at at Comic Con, people were so nice, and you know it's different from Japan. Japanese people are shy about you know showing your your love to. You know the artists, mm-hmm. but in here people are, you know, I I got so overwhelmed, and after I got back to Japan, I started feeling so weird. <laughs> it was my first experience, you know. Yeah, you're famous in America. Being being told how much they love my work, and mm. and I was sick and jet lagged, so it felt like a dream or uh-huh. something. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering, do you feel like your work doesn't click in with any of the the scenes in Japan? I think there, there are still some people who like my work, but I think they were... I haven't worked with Japanese people so much for a long time, but mm-hmm. when I was working there, I think people were confused about me, because... They couldn't tell if I was a, a comic artist or illustrator or fine artist. Right. And yeah, so the fans of mainstream comic, Japanese comics, thought I was just a very pretentious, artsy <laughs> comic artist. And the, the art fans, thought I was just a comic artist trying to <laughs> be an be artist. A or be, yeah. yeah, but I like both. I'm into both. And it's okay to be like that in here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just say I'm an artist and I do comic and fine art and different things and they understand. But in Japan it's like so so what are you? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it was really 
I don't know. Maybe it has cha- has changed or something. Mm-hmm. Well, did that ever make you question where you fit in? Did you ever feel like you had other artists who you could relate to? In Japan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or anywhere? No, I... <laughs> I always feel like I'm out of place. <laughs> I have some artist friends, but yeah, I can enjoy talking with them and hanging out with them, but it's not like I can relate to them. Right. That's that's probably good though. It's it's nice to feel unique. I don't know, unique is a good <laughs> you know, good word, but I don't know, I maybe I'm just too weird. <laughs> <laughs> well you're it's in a room too. full of weirdos, so <laughs> Um, the kind of fine art idea, um, kind of resonates with your work for me, um, because your work is very thematic, like you have, um, certain themes that run through mm-hmm. a lot of them, like childbirth, but not regular childbirth, like the mermaids, <laughs> and in Pelu, um, or is it Pelu? Pelu, yeah. Pelu. Oh, Pelu was, was amazing. I love the, uh, that he's just a part of a body. <laughs> and it, it gets so dark. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of it. I wonder, do you think it's easier to have a cartoony style that discuss these really dark topics? I actually don't think my work is dark so much. Like, I'm, I don't separate, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is dark. Right. This is happy, you know, because you know both they both happen in the real world. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I think my work is really funny. I think I think the world is really funny. Yeah. So. It's just, there's so much, um, you know, the, like the end of of Pilo or Pelu was where the character is um, like. Uh, the very pretty girl who looks like her life is perfect and then she's like in a sadomasochistic relationship and mm-hmm. covered in scars and everything and eventually and, and she shows up and her boyfriend has a noose and he's like you know you said you wanted to try this <laughs> <Just laughs> very unexpected when you when you kind of enter it almost looking at it like oh it's like a Sanrio style almost hmm. I don't know I just I just put the things I think interesting or fun or beautiful or you know anything I feel like putting mm-hmm. in my work. So I don't I don't think you know I don't try to make it dark or try to make it you know, it's just me. Yeah. So I don't know if people say my work is you know, cute and grotesque or you know <laughs> There's lots of eating people in your work. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to put grotesque and cuteness in it. Like, I know my work. My girls looks. My girls look cute, but it's a natural influence I got mm-hmm. from growing up in Japan. They're also, like, it's really interesting, like, the women are all very, like, elongated, like, the long legs, um, yeah, like, think, very, like, expressive figures. I think that's also from, from Japanese comics, though. But I, recently, I like 
drawing different shapes of girls. When you start working on a story, um, maybe tell us a little bit about the process. Like, do you um, kind of have like a script? Do you kind of go page by page? Yeah, I'd start. Uh, I first start daydreaming <laughs> in my head, start coming up with the ideas first, and then I make scripts on computer. But it's only understandable for me. <laughs> I think if you read it, it doesn't make sense at all. But it's it's kind of like a script. Is it like ideas of like? Yeah, ideas and some scenes, and then I put them together and do a, a much better script. Like it's like an, an actual script. Mm -hmm. It's still very difficult to understand to other people, and then I'll I'll separate it like this part should be in page one, this part should be in page two, and then start a rough storyboard. And Just like then, little thumbnail? Yeah, tiny ones, very rough ones, and then do the, the actual um, storyboard to show, to, to show the editors, and then I start sketching and thinking. It's a long process. Yeah, that sounds very elaborate. Do you change the work much as you go? Hmm? Does the work change much as you go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After the the final storyboard, it, I usually don't change anything. Mm -hmm. But before that, it keeps changing. Sometimes it gets totally different. Does it, when you're finally drawing the thing, once your storyboards are set, does it feel like you're um, you've done all the thinking work and now you're just doing the process? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So do you end up listening to things while you work? Yeah, I... Yeah, I can't listen to anything when I'm doing the first storyboard, but mm -hmm. after that I listen to the radio or music or whatever. Something I always find really interesting about work is when I look at my own work, I can oftentimes remember like that it feels like a time capsule where you can look at a page and remember what you were doing when you drew that mm -hmm. page. Do you have that at all? I actually don't remember. Mm. Usually don't remember anything and don't rem remember how I did it. So it's really weird, but when I read my old comic, I laugh. <laughs> and I wonder what I was thinking. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this cannibalism come from? <laughs> Sometimes I remember a little bit, but usually, you know, I I keep working, and I I think I'm pretty fast, so fast. So I keep do, doing a lot of different kinds of projects. So I usually forget what I did, and it's so fun to look back and remember <laughs> oh, I didn't know I did this <laughs> is, it, is it hard to jump back and forth for you from different different projects like yeah. you do comics at yeah. the same time yeah I get I get bored really easily yeah. so it's healthy for me to do different things and I can learn from you know doing different things and I can transfer 
the ideas I got from doing comics to painting. I can, you know, do the same thing mm -hmm. with other projects. Yeah, one thing I was thinking about with your comic pages is, um, I'm trying to think of the right words. It's like there's a, when you draw a page, there's like an interesting structure to it. Like, mm -hmm. it's very, like you have a visual thing you want to show like um, some artists it's very kind of just whatever comes out but it seems like you have like something that you want to visually present even with the panel like how it oh yeah I try to I try to make a page look like an art piece mm -hmm. but I fail sometimes <laughs> but I always try to make it really good but also make it interest interesting as a story it's, it's kind of hard but I like comics with beautiful art like I like the kind of comic you can read and enjoy over and over again mm. so I want to make mine like that too do you work is it digital at all ever or is it all do all by hand and then do you work large larger than the page or how small how small are your it's fight? larger than the page like for when you work for a japanese comic magazines there's a, a format that you have oh, to follow standard size yeah. standard page so it's much it's bigger than yeah it's like probably like 10 by 14 or something probably like, yeah. i think i, I have a pure trans page I bought it. Oh really? For Pretrans, Pretrans was different because right? it because it was for you know CD yeah. booklet, but yeah, Pelu and Cinderella was much bigger. Do you always work the same size, or usually work the same size? It depends. Yeah. It depends on the time I have. There there are two sizes: A four and B B two. Was it B two? B two is bigger. Mm -hmm. And when I don't have time, or if it's a full color job with with short, uh, with tight deadline, mm -hmm. I do smaller ones. Mm -hmm. But if I want to go really detailed, I I do it with larger size. One of the you're mentioning all the different projects, and probably one of the things most people see um, are your gig posters. Mm -hmm. um, like the Melvins, I think Phantomas, mm -hmm. you've really done some. And you even got a Mike Patton quote on the back <laughs> of uh, Pure Trance. Oh, yeah, we listened to Phantomas on the drive up here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like yeah. Mike Patton a lot. Yeah. Were, were these bands you were already into? Like, how did that connection happen? That's a long time ago. I um, Mike Patton emailed Biz that he wanted to work with me, but it didn't happen for some reasons but he yeah he wrote me a quote which I really appreciate and, and when Phantomus toured in Tokyo I went to see it and then he introduced me to to Buzz from Melvin's and also one of the guys who run the poster companies oh, okay so after I moved here we started working with the poster company 
I haven't met Mike Patton for a long time. <laughs> He's very busy. Mm-hmm. But but I started working for the posters, and one of the guys is actually living on the same street. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> We're all neighbors. How funny. Is your approach um, with a gig poster pretty different? Um, do they kind of have an idea for you, or is it all just no, it's, straight you? I have a lot of freedom in designing posters. Yeah, it's really fun. I can, I can do anything I want, and yeah, I usually sometimes I don't even draw girls in gig posters, and it's kind of fun <laughs> I always keep drawing do you ever feel like like uh, like people want you to draw a specific thing and that feels like you've, you're cornered in like oh they want another girl but I don't want to just do that again sometimes but I still love drawing women mm-hmm. but when they tell me to you know like specific shape or yeah. age or mm-hmm. you know that is not very fun. Sometimes it's fun, like sometimes they give me really fun themes. But if it's like a typical sexy Japanese anime <laughs> girl, it, it makes me feel a little frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I got a commission from Helen Joe, or I commissioned her to do a piece for me, and I just said, draw my Dirty Bird character with a couple of hot chicks. And she was like, yes, okay. <laughs> she was so excited. <laughs> like, no specifics, just have fun. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's the kind of thing I like. Now, a lot of the prints, or posters, are they do silk screen prints. Um, and I'm wondering, um, do you approach coloring different when you know it's going to be silk screened? Mm. Um because of like how colors interact with the silk screening methods. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think so much about coloring. <laughs> I mean I I know the printed um, printed images never come out exactly the same as the the original, so I kind of enjoy the difference. Yeah. And I like silk screen mm. inks because it's very, you know, strong and the smell. And yeah. The, <laughs> the feel. Yeah. yeah the yeah, texture. I like, I That's like what I love. The smell too. <laughs> um, is talking a little bit earlier about kind of all the different things. It's interesting, like, do the gig posters, the books. Um, you've done some toys, or some yeah. figures. And then I didn't realize you also did a line of condoms in lube. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was what a Jap- this Japanese company. It's a huge company that makes like adult toys and that kind of stuff. And there was a team of young women who were planning to make a series with artists hmm. for. Like, you know, good vibrations mm-hmm. here? Yeah. They were thinking about that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like adult toys for... But cool for, yeah, like, young people. And, yeah. yeah. And, you know, for for women, mm-hmm. it's, it will be easier for them to buy. But So we were thinking about making a lot of stuff. But we started with condoms and lotions. But it didn't... 
go very well, so we have to stop. <laughs> kind of sad. <laughs> Does it excite you to work on all these different kind of things? Like yeah, being able to I, like Yeah, I only do what I wanna do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good way to live your life. <laughs> yeah, I feel so lucky. Like when I was younger I didn't you know, I couldn't choose. Like I had to I had to accept any offers to make money, but now I I can choose my job and it's a great thing. Um was there a point in your career where like you kind of realize like this is it like things are going kind of right and you're drawing what you want like it's, it's just recently yeah. <laughs> I feel that way I, yeah I hope it will I feel I, I hope I can keep working like this yeah I feel so lucky now but I had a lot of bad experiences in the past so I, I really appreciate it appreciate the situation I'm in right now how has um, moving to San Francisco been good for that because I mean your publisher is in town yeah it's uh, sorry it's okay <laughs> it's been really good because most of my jobs or from the US or from Europe and I have some galleries I work with in LA and also in Toronto oh, okay yeah that's a uh, magic pony yeah so it made me so much easier to to attend the opening and the best best thing for me is the weather <laughs> the weather is amazing here yeah <laughs> it's I think it's the best uh, place to work mm -hmm. in. So I work here and go to LA or New York or sure. Toronto. And I go back to Japan once a year. Hmm. I'm actually leaving on Monday. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. To go to Japan? Yeah, I first go to Hong Kong hmm. and then go to Japan. Nice. How do you are you surprised by some of the people that are into your work? Like it seems like a lot of it's a lot of kind of counterculture, like a lot of tattoos and a lot of... In here? Yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it, and I was really surprised at first. Mm -hmm. like I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you feel like, um, like, is that... Do you feel a connection to those scenes at all, or is it, or is it uh, one of those things where it's kind of surprising? You mean tattoos? Yeah, or just, like, the type of people that... Yeah, I. Into, yeah, and you and you have a, you have a very different fan base than most manga artists. Yeah. yeah, but I, at first I was surprised. But now I feel it was natural because I'm, I'm also into different kind of things. I have I don't have any tattoos, but I like looking at tattoo magazines. Right, and your art probably is on lots of people. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, my art has, my art has all the things I'm interested in. So it's natural. Like, I like toys. Mm -hmm. So toy fans are interested in my work, and mm -hmm. I like, you know, know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Painting, skateboarding, yeah. comics. So I'm, I'm basically interested in almost everything. So it's natural to have fans from different 
Do you own a lot of toys? Now? Mm-hmm. Now I... <laughs> I've slowed down in collecting, and I had to sell a lot of toys when I moved here. Yeah, it's okay now. It's you know I have internet. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I bought so many toys was that I was because I used them as reference. Mm But now you can see photos <laughs> But I still I still buy toys. But my place is very tiny and I don't have too much room. Do you do you work at home or do you have a yeah, studio? I, or? I work at home. That's why we are doing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told him I, w- I work in my bedroom now. Painting and drawing. Yeah. And, oh. Do you have a desk or you sit on the bed? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. <laughs> Sometimes I work on my bed. Yeah, but no, we, we talked. I talked to some different cartoonists about their spaces, and one guy was like, "Yeah, you can come over, but I just draw on my couch. He's no desk." Yeah, it's it, some some artists need to have studios because their their works are very big right. or something, or they have to you know change. Mm-hmm. Like some people can't work at home, but. So do you feel that your work life and your personal life are the same thing always then? Yeah. Do you do anything uh, for fun that feels like, like do you feel the need ever to, to take time off and just do I, like hobbies or anything? I walk around a lot, but even when I'm walking, I try to come up with mm-hmm. ideas. I felt like it's going around the city, there was almost the aesthetic of a lot of the murals and graffiti I saw mm. here seemed like it would go nicely with your work. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about Von Baudet as well. Do you know Do you know his work? No. He's a 1960s, 70s uh, underground American cartoonist that mm-hmm. kind of was the guy that graffiti style came from. What was the name? Baudet. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Him. But I, I didn't know him until I, until two or three years ago. Oh, interesting. Colin from Last Gasp told yeah. me about him, and he was surprised I didn't know his yeah, work. Yeah, because I, I feel like your, your style, like I could see, I could see you're developing without knowing his work, but it feels very much like you guys were probably on some of the same pages. <laughs> He's an interesting guy. Um, now you have two books of Hello Out. Do you have, is there more of that story come out? Because I haven't read both yeah. two yet. There are three volumes. Okay. So, yeah, hopefully the third one will come out soon. It's a very interesting relationship with the space whale. Space hippo. Space hippo. Oh, no, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's weird that he, um, it, it basically killed the, the space hippo, killed the woman that he was inside of, but he seems kind of friendly with it still. Yeah. And all of the people in his family around it are Yeah, because, of it. because, you know, the hippo didn't mean to be bad. It's just the nature, you know. Right. He, yeah. That's what he does. He just ate his food. And, <laughs> 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 and he wouldn't exist if he wasn't taken out of the body, too. Yeah, that's right. Really... a different existence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or do you think his consciousness wouldn't have happened? Like, he doesn't seem to remember what it was like in the body. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't think too much about it. Cool. <laughs> or some reason, the, uh, the idea of him being a gigolo on, on, the, on the title. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he was going to be um, 
prostitute. <laughs> I think he wants to. Yeah, no, he would. Yeah. He, wants, he just wants babies. <laughs> he has a little bow tie on. So, yeah. Have you, have, you, uh, have you finished book three or are you working on that now? Yeah, it was finished okay. like a long time ago. It was a serial comic for, you know, Comic Bean, hmm. the magazine? Yeah. The Japanese hmm. magazine. These guys know Japanese stuff a lot better than. Me. Comic Beam is very obscure. Yeah, they carry it at Kinokuniya. That's where yeah. uh, Suhiro Maro is sterilized. Oh, there. okay. Yeah. And then so is um, Atsushi Ken- Kaneko, the yeah, guy who did yeah. Soil and Bambi. Yeah, oh, nice, yeah, the magazine is amazing. Yeah, cause they, super good. Yeah, because the magazine has a lot of different comics. Like Some of them are very dark underground comics, mm-hmm. but also they also have, you know, love yeah. stories and mm-hmm. different things. Yeah, Panorama Island was in there originally. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they were very easy to work with. They were, they were totally different from the guys who I worked <laughs> with in the fairy tale right. series. Do you keep up on a lot of different modern comics? <laughs> no. No, I'm very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you go back and, I mean, do you read a lot of comics? Do you go back and read the I keep reading my favorite over and over. Nice. But Comic Beam, they keep sending me hmm. their every issue, so I always. It's read like a it. snapshot of a few cool stories yeah. that are happening now. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite, like Liji Matsumoto or Tezuka? Um, I like Three Nine, hmm. and also hmm. Otoko Oidon. Oh. You know, is it translated into no, English? No, it hasn't been out in yeah, English. Yeah, I, I don't think it's appealing for Americans. It's about a, a really short, ugly, sad guy who <laughs> are not popular with women at all. And every episode is basically the same. He falls in love and with with beautiful girl and finds out he has a boyfriend. But it has it, it's it's long like it has seven or eight volumes mm-hmm. but it's basically the same. So. <laughs> rejection after yeah. rejection. Do you, know, do you know if it ends that way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not a happy ending. Does it get sadder? Um, I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't want to be a spoiler. Yeah. But the last book but I, I don't think thing. I don't think it will it will be translated. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's cool how much fan translation there is now, so you can find so many obscure Japanese mm-hmm. comics. Yeah. Did that happen to your comics? Do you know? Do you remember where American fans ever translating it or bringing Japanese books over to America? I think. Uh... When I started working with Biz, it was not happening yet. Oh was yeah, it was it? right at the beginning of the it was probably internet. Before, yeah. 99, 2000, 2001. Yeah. Maybe someone did it, but I don't know. But before. I know some people, you know, do that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, because it's always interesting all the stuff that gets translated because my wheelhouse is very much 80s and, you know, like it's always strange, like so much Katsuro Otomo stuff never gets translated because the translators, I think, are younger than, they're mm-hmm. too young to care. Right, yeah. There has to be. It's like it's like when you bit torrent a file. Like there has to be somebody else who also wants it. Yeah, you can't. Find or else it won't happen. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the work that goes into doing that. 
I did it for many years. <laughs> um, only for stuff that was never going to be translated. I, I used to do that when I was right out of college. Mm-hmm. So I would do fan translations for um, Junji Ito oh, yeah. and uh, Yoshida Sencha. Mm-hmm. Just my favorites, but um, they would never... Other than Junjito, they were never going to be translated. So. And that was kind of amazing and surprising that that stuff did be translated. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming and uh, coming down here to Ryan's place. Ryan, thank you for playing host. Sure. Yeah, we're all neighbors now. There we go. <laughs> Mission. Um, once again, reminding folks, I've been talking to, or we've all been talking with, uh, Junko Mizuno and... Uh, her latest book is Pillow 2 from the fine folks at Last Gasp, as well as um, Pure Trance and Cinderella, Hansel and Gretel, and The Princess, Princess Mermaid, Mermaid, which I think is my favorite of the three of those. Oh, really? Fantastic coloring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although Pillow is kind of won my heart over now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.
Stop.